For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. A couple weeks ago, I took my uh, two daughters to see me perform because it was an all-ages show at the Taste of Washington, I think it was called. Like, outdoors. Well, undercover, but no walls. I did, I did three shows. A couple of them were okay. The first one wasn't great, and that's the one I took my daughters to see. And uh, so I'm not bombing, but I'm not, you know, it's not going that well. And the whole time I can see my daughters over sitting in the little stands to the left. And they're just on their phones <laughs> ignoring me. Just like they were at home on the couch, just looking at their phones. And then, I don't know, I think I was doing 20, 30 minutes, I can't remember. Uh, late in the set, I do some jokes about their brother. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, uh, they both, I see both of them snap to attention and start dying of laughter. Only about the jokes about their brother. And then I did a joke about my youngest daughter. They both laughed at that one. Then I did jokes not about them or their brother, right back to their phones. Very humbling. But really, I guess that's what you need to do as a stand-up comedian. If you could do jokes specifically to every audience member, they would enjoy it a lot more. Let me have a little sip of my water. Mm. I actually like my water like I like my women, uh, even more when it's 110 degrees outside. This is a metaphorical drive home. I'm uh, in my sort of residency here at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, in the Rio, in the 18th floor, with the curtain shut, because they said when I checked in, that they're painting the outside, and so uh, workers might be able to see through your window. And I won't describe what I'm wearing right now, but they don't need to see it. It's for my OnlyFans. I actually went on a little bit of a walk today, and I think it was 109 at the time, 109 degrees. I mean, the thing that keeps me sane when I'm in Vegas all this time is long walks outside just to get away from the – either get away from my hotel room or get away from the light and sound pollution. Just seven days of ding, 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 ding. It gets to you after a while. But I can't – I'm not going to go on long walks in 112 or whatever it is this week. But then I'm like, okay, I want to I go somewhere. It's 0.6 miles from here. It's 109 degrees out. Let's see what happens. Wasn't that bad? You, that's how you can tell I'm getting old. 
when you when you prefer 109 over 52 degrees. That's how you know you're getting old. Don't get me wrong. It was not that pleasant, and I was glad I wasn't walking much farther. You can literally feel your shoes get all squishy underneath you just from the heat on the rubber of your soles. Where did I walk to? Uh, a dispensary. <laughs> I bought some edibles. I'm, I'm trying. I, I did some edibles in my week off. And I partly really liked it for the sleep. I'm only taking five milligrams. But, oh, the sleep was so good. Like when you drink alcohol, it helps you fall asleep, but it doesn't help you stay asleep. And also when you drink alcohol, you tend to stay out late. When it, you know, No one ever says I did an edible and stayed out till four in the morning. But I also, after the edible, I kind of felt stupid the next day. You know, just a little slow. Just a little, I mean, that shit happens anyway. You're trying to remember a name. You're trying to, you know. But like with the day after the edible, I was a little bit like, uh, what are my kids' names? So I decided to, I, I went to the weed store to get a, what did I have before? Sativa. I thought I'd try indica. I ended up getting a hybrid or something. But maybe I just can't be a weed guy. Because I'm not going to do it if, if I feel slow the next day. I just can't. I feel slow enough when I don't drink or do weed. You kids aren't on the weed, are you? I asked the guy at the store. I'm like, is there anything you would suggest? He's like, you just got to do a lot of experimentation, see what works for you. Or maybe nothing will. I don't know. A lot of potheads listen to this show. What do you guys think? (laughs) Any edible recommendations? And maybe you're like, hey, why do you need to drink or do an edible? Have you ever tried just not doing anything? And to you, I say, fuck you. I don't need your shit right now, okay? I'm looking for positive energy. I mean, I definitely look like a dude who's always on an edible. So maybe I'm just trying to become what I look like. Dress for the job you want. Guy on edibles. That's me. Also, I don't know. I suppose your tolerance gets higher. Not that I was like so wasted on five edibles. Five edibles. Five milligrams. But I don't know how you potheads do it. People who are doing like 50 or whatever. I think I'd be in the fetal position. Uh, this trip, I'm out. I'm out longer than I want to be. I was in, uh, had kind of a weird schedule last week. I was at the Oklahoma City Bricktown Comedy Club on Thursday. Uh, I also, I wrote, I guess I'm calling it a children's book for adults. <laughs> okay, I'll be your page. This is, I, you know what, I didn't think I'd come here and have people excited about reading. This is good.
then Friday, Saturday, I was at the soft opening uh, of the Tulsa Bricktown. And then Sunday, I went back to Bricktown and Oklahoma City. Fun shows. All of them, pretty much, were fun shows. Uh, and for, you know, soft openings, like they gave away tickets. They just want to get everything figured out before they have David Tell for the grand opening the next week. I had a little fun with that because really the only thing that wasn't like working or not, it was working, but I went out on stage with my merch and my drink and my phone and they had no stool on this stage. So I just had to set it on the floor (laughs) and I was like, yeah, next, let's get a stool for David Tell next week. But very smooth for a soft opening. Uh, Good time there. There are any high school sweethearts here? That's always adorable. Did one person alone? Okay. Uh, <laughs> almost. Oh yeah, you are you are high school sweethearts. That's awesome. What what year of, of high school? Like uh, like like freshman, sophomore? Fourteen years old. You were you were fourteen years old. God damn. <laughs> It took you that Wait a minute. <laughs> Have you been together since 14 or you met at 14 and you just closed the deal? <laughs> That's the one that happened? Well, that is not high school sweethearts. <laughs> that is we knew each other and fucked recently.
have a safe word. I feel very vulnerable right now. Does anyone besides this table want to tell me their safe word? That means I'm going to be gone for like 11 days total because I had to fly here. On Monday. Uh, yesterday, as of this recording. And uh, actually, I had a very funny... Look, I get, uh, you know, sounds like a dick when I... I sound like a dick when I say this, but I got recognized a fair amount out in the world for people who've seen me online or in person. But at the airport uh, in Oklahoma City going to Vegas, this, I think this is the first time this has ever happened. A lady comes over and she holds out her phone and she goes, is this you? And it was a video of me that I think she was watching on Instagram, like an Instagram reel. And I was just like, yeah, that is me. And then she turns around to her husband and is like, I told you. <clears throat> I have never been recognized while someone's watching a video of me online on their phone. That was pretty wild. It's not – I've put up uh, the joke before, a uh, different version, but I put up the version from my Dry Bar Comedy special about me being the assistant manager of my family. I don't really know what I'm doing with my children or my wife. That's why I am the assistant manager of my family. <laughs> yeah, my wife is the manager. Uh, we work as a team. That's what the assistant manager does. Even if I don't have the same understanding or enthusiasm for our policies, <laughs> I work as a team. Sometimes I have to be like, look, kids, it doesn't really bother me either if you don't replace the toilet paper roll. <laughs> But this is coming from corporate. <laughs> My hands are tied, honestly. I, I agree with you. We should pile a bunch of them on the back of the toilet. I suggested that at the meeting. That was shot down. <laughs> it's very important to your mother that if we're at our toilet paper, we have to do a six-foot crouch walk over to that cupboard. <laughs> We need my wife to be in charge. She is so good at running our family. I am not. The only reason I get to be assistant manager is I am sleeping with the manager. That's also why we have so many employees. Yeah, I can't be fired. I'm a co-founder. And, uh... I think a million views on TikTok and like 
300,000 on Facebook and like seven and a half million as of right now on Instagram, which is the most I've ever gotten of anything on Instagram. And I know, look, (laughs) I feel like I could talk about this every time and I'm trying not to, but the comments are just unhinged. I know it helps. A lot of comments, I guess, helps the algorithm. It helps your video get more views. But, like, people are just screaming. I don't – I'm not even looking in the comments. But, like, if I go to my Instagram page, you know, a few, like, of the most recent things will pop up. And it will just be a comment, like, you know, someone else's tag, not even me. And it's just like, why don't you suck my dick, bro? I'm like, what is happening in these comments? A lot of weaponized incompetence talk. Meaning I'm being a shitty dad, a shitty husband on purpose, so my wife has to do everything. Then people yelling at those people. It's just a joke, lighten up, which I agree with, but I'm also like – because I thought about doing like a pinned comment like, hey, this is exaggerated truth. I do plenty to help out around the house when I'm home. Uh you know, my wife's think my wife thinks this joke is funny. Let's all relax. I thought about doing a pinned comment like that, but I'm like, people will just yell at the comment. So I'm just staying out of it. But it's weird because, you know, partly it makes me – partly it just hurts my feelings occasionally. Less than it used to. I'm getting tougher. But partly it's like just to put up a video – And the price of a lot of views is like people going, this guy sucks, this guy's ugly, this guy's fat, this guy's a bad father, this guy looks like shit, this guy looks and sounds like an Arby's roast beef with cheese, you know, it's partly it's just like, hey, I'm just posting some stand-up comedy, jokes that no one is ever offended at, IRL. Why do I have to take all these shots, you know? But this time, it's less that. It's less that, and I just make this time, I'm, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad that I post a very innocent, innocuous, non-controversial 90 seconds of stand-up comedy. And of course, overwhelmingly, people are just enjoying it. But still, it just, it's chaos. And I'm not talking about vaccines. I'm not talking about Trump or Biden. I'm not talking about abortion. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about nothing that should be like an edgy topic. It's just a little heteronormative experience of a husband and father who by the way is showing in the joke appreciation for my wife and the mother of my children but that's besides the point but people are screaming at each other people are like mad people are like this is what's wrong with the world people I don't like what the fuck happened? Can we shut down the internet? It's 
failed as an experiment. I mean, it's great because it's helping my career and more people can see me. And also, if you got to watch a YouTube tutorial about how to install a garbage disposal, it's fucking great. But it has made us insane. And I feel like it's bleeding over to real life a little bit. People are saying wild shit to each other in person. So yeah, that's, you know, if you look at anyone's, look at the comments on any video that has a lot of views and they're insane. So this is not a thing that's just about me. But just because I'm observing it with my own content, I'm like, what in the fuck is going on in society? We're a a lot of people left the a lot of dudes left the comment beta, just the word beta, like in reference to me not being an alpha. I'm a beta. Which is hilarious to me because the example I used to say I'm the assistant manager, not the manager, was fucking toilet paper. You want me to be alpha about toilet paper? Hey, bitch, you replaced the toilet paper for me and it better be fucking Charmin two-ply. I'm an alpha over here. What the fuck? But that's, you know, I'm just old. I was the last generation to be raised without the internet. I say that on stage occasionally. If I make eye contact during a conversation, I'm sorry. I'm from a different time. But whatever. I have 32,000 Instagram followers now. 32,000 fellow betas followed me, so keep commenting, I guess. I'm not even that much of a beta, truth be told. I mean, I don't, I'm somewhere in the middle, like I think a rational human being is supposed to be. I'm not really a yes, dear kind of guy. If I ever say happy wife, happy life, it's going to be the last thing I say before the sound of a gunshot. I'm not <laughs> I'm not really that beta. I've been getting a lot of messages which happens when a, when a video's going viral. Uh and one of them cracked me up. You know, I think if you listen to this maybe you know this, but like I don't people are like, "Do you ever come to where I think Vancouver, British Columbia, which is like, yes, I have several times in my life. I don't really have a place I work there now. And I'm like, well, hopefully. And they're like, well, can you add it to your schedule? I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I guess I could try. I could email a couple clubs. I could rent out a building and do it myself, but I'm not, you know, I don't have management. I don't have like a booking agent. But I'm like, find me something in Vancouver. People sometimes take it personally. I don't go to where they live. Um, 
so anyway, this person asked if I ever come to Vancouver. I'm like, not right now. I'm like, I'll be in Victoria, BC, November 4th, which is, you know, that's still a boat right away from Vancouver, BC. But I, quite hilariously to me, uh, this woman said, well, you should come to Vancouver, and if you need a place to stay, I have a guest bedroom. I'm like, for God's sakes. I don't know who would be crazier to do that, me or you. You don't know me, lady. I could be a psychopath. I mean, luckily I'm a beta, so you're safe, but still. That's wildly irresponsible to invite a stranger to stay in your guest bedroom. (laughs) Oh, boy. My son Johnny's coming in to Vegas Thursday, so we'll be, be uh, you know, we'll be doing fun stuff. He wanted to, you know, he's 21 now. That's why he's coming, so, like, he can gamble and drink and stuff. He said he wanted to play poker. And, like, I'm like, I'm, no, I don't think you should do that. I'm like, you don't know the hand values. You don't know if a full house beats four of a kind. You don't you know what I mean? Like you can't I'm like, let's play blackjack or a slot machine. He was like, Well, poker's much less luck based than the other games. I'm like, no, we need luck based games. We don't We don't want to play a game where we have to earn victory. We want to get lucky. That's our best hope. Last thing you need to do is take one of my edibles and wander into a poker room. Anyway, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good job where one of your biggest complaints is internet comments. I was thinking about showbiz as a job. I mean, I'm I'm in the performing end of show business. I have, you know, not acting. I'm not, other than some nights I act like I want to be there, but I don't think that counts. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the writers and actors strike is going pretty strong right now. And, uh, I think most people are generally in support of it, but you do you do see a lot of people who really, you know, online or you know, I've had a couple conversations where people are like, they don't think it's a real, they don't think it's a real job. You know, it's sort of like a, oh, it, it's in the way people complain about professional athletes. Where like, uh, what problems do you have? You make all these millions of dollars a year. And also, a professional athlete is a real job too. And the amount of revenue they bring in, they should get paid a ton of money. And that is also true for people in show business. And also, we're not, Tom Cruise doesn't care about the strike. Not everyone who writes for a TV show makes a ton of money. And I saw I saw this thing, I can't remember where on the internet, and it was someone who wrote like She-Hulk or was one of the writers on She-Hulk. 
which I've never seen. Um, I assume it stars a big green woman. That's about all I know. Uh, but the residual on She-Hulk was like 300 bucks or something. And most of the comments I saw were just like, well, that show sucked. <laughs> so, so, yeah, most things suck, but that's not really... Whatever show you like, person who commented. Do you think someone who wrote a show you liked deserves more than $300 when a show's going to fucking play forever on all these different streaming formats? It's a real fucking job. Like, people have to work really hard to make things. They don't just show up. Just like a building doesn't just show up. People have to work really hard to build that building and design that building. Well, that's the same with any movie or TV show or... Like, you're on the side of the CEOs? You're on the side of the fucking chairman of Disney or whatever? How? If you want to see the biggest indictment of capitalism, and I'm not smart enough to be anti-capitalism because maybe it's our best option. It's like monogamy. <laughs> it, it might not be perfect, but it kind of works. And I don't, I don't mean kind of works like I'm... Why did I bring up that example? Uh, I'm just saying... I'm not smart enough to know if capitalism is the best system or not. But you can clearly see some glaring weaknesses. The system where no matter what, you have to increase profits to be successful. It does not going to leave room for the worker. If you have a company that makes $2 billion a year, and they made $2 billion a year for 10 years in a row, that company is allegedly floundering because they are flatlined and they're not increasing stock prices and things like that. That The biggest indictment of capitalism I've seen is that show Undercover Boss. And I know it's a reality show, so who knows, right? But it would be the CFO or CEO of Whatever company, they would put on a fake mustache or a wig. They would go undercover at one of the locations, like whatever it was, a restaurant or a store. or And then they would be shocked to learn that some of their minimum wage employees were having a little bit of trouble in life. Oh, you can't, you have a bunch of medical bills you can't pay? So you had to move back in with your mom? Or you can't afford to send your kids to college? Or you're working 60 hours a week, but a, 
thanks to our policies, you don't get any overtime. Oh, that has an impact on you? You're a real fucking person, not just a number on a fucking graph? They were all shocked. They all talked a good game. About how they, you know, they worked so hard their whole life to get where they are. And then they're shocked to learn that people are working real hard in their life and haven't gotten that far. And then at the end of that show, Undercover Boss, whatever, they call the four employees they worked with in. And they go, hey, I'm going to give you $15,000 to send your kid to college (laughs) for one year. I'm going to give you money so you can go back and visit your family in whatever country you were originally from or, you know. I bought you a car so you don't have to take the bus three hours to work each way. And they fixed the problems of one employee in the massive company. And then we, the workers... not kind of be for every strike whatever i think ups might strike or different business how can you like i'm sure there's a reason some amazon things have gone on strike writer strike actor strike how can you not be for workers These companies make billions and billions and billions of dollars and pretend they don't, which is the same thing I do on my taxes, except for the billions part. But that's weird to me, especially on the lower levels of like, you know, I get sometimes like in, you know, a sports a sport will go on strike, football or baseball or whatever. I guess I kind of get backlash from that because it's like, you know, millionaires wanting to be more than millionaires. But it's also, you know, what's an average NFL career? Two years? Half of it goes to your agents and taxes. It's not exactly what people think it is all the time. But like if you're against a UPS strike, I mean, I get being against the impact it could have on your life. But, like, how do you not root for every fucking worker to make more money? I don't get that. She-Hulk probably does suck. But people still watched it. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never been on strike. I am a member of the uh, performers union, not – I'm AFTRA. I'm not uh, SAG because I've never acted. That's why I'm not SAG. Uh, but I have done a couple of TV shows that were like union AFTRA things. And I, I get – they send me like, here's your retirement. But, you know, I've made like less than $5,000 total in my whole life. So my after retirement ain't going to cut it. But yeah, there's just a weird thing where it's like people 
People want to consume things, but they think they just magically appear. There's no respect for uh, the process. There's no, you know, a lot of those people picketing, holding signs during the day right now are going to Uber when they're done. They'll probably drive to a different neighborhood to do it so they don't have to give their fellow riders a ride home. But, and also, their Hollywood's full of shit. You've probably got to hold their feet to the fire to, like, get a little money out of them. I saw uh, John Cusack posted something where he, like, he has back end, some back end of the movie Say Anything, which is that, you know, that movie where he's holding a uh, a boombox out in front of a girl's window while the Peter Gabriel song plays. Your eyes... I shouldn't sing. That movie came out in the 80s, and it's you. It's still streaming. It came out in the 80s. It was You could rent it at Blockbuster for decades. You can stream it right now. John Cusack has points on it. He's supposed to get back, and he's never got one penny. I'm sure he's doing fine. But it's just, I don't know, I'm rambling a little bit. But it's weird to me that, like, if you work in a grocery store, you're like, my boss sucks. And then when a actor or writer goes, our bosses suck, you go like, must be nice, you Hollywood piece of shit. It's the same thing. Whether it's... You want to keep your time and a half, time and a half on Sundays at the grocery store, or you want your residuals to be a little bit higher because everything's streaming now. It's anyway. Out of respect for my fellow after actors, I will not be appearing in any TV shows for the foreseeable future. How how how. Pregnant, are you? What's that? 35 weeks. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. First one? That's awesome. You're not, this is how scared I am. You are so obviously pregnant. Rubbing your stomach, and I'm still like, don't fucking say it, bro.
finger burned when my wedding ring shook me when I said that. Is that weird? <laughs> All right, we're going to call that a podcast. Bye.